Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Leese, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. And we have with us today Air Force veteran Charlinda Scales. Great to have you with us here today, Charlinda. Thanks for having me, Greg and Scott. All right, terrific. We're going to tell you a little bit about Charlinda. She has more than 11 years service as an acquisitions officer in the United States Air Force. She also worked seven years as a government contractor and two years as a uh, government civil servant. She had her first child in March of 2020, uh, which was just in time to experience the global pandemic. What timing? Yeah. And about this time, she also started two companies and also launched a seven-figure nonprofit to help serve her local community. Uh, One of those businesses you run is Mutt Sauce LLC, right? Correct. Uh, Which we are looking forward to hear more about today. Again, welcome, Charlinda Scales. Thank you for having me, guys. We are thrilled to have you here with us. Uh, Before we hear more about Mutt Sauce and all the things that you're doing here in Dayton, uh, we're going to have a little fun. Uh, this is something we do with uh, all our guests, and uh, I think uh, most people enjoy this. I uh, hope you will, too. Uh, but right now, we're going to put you to the test. It's time! That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me. I think I know that. <laughs> this is the game where we uh, put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where our listeners can also play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutiae like ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge, Charlinda? I believe I'm ready. Oh, I think you are. So here's your first question. What Air Force tradition is used to welcome a new commander? Uh, would it be A, visit, uh, visit from the welcome wagon, B, sending them candy and flowers, C, a roof stomp, or D, a romp around the flight line? Well, you know, air power all the way. I, I love all that. I love going to the flight line. Um, candy and flowers, you you might get not made fun of for that, you know. But uh, let's go with C, I would say. A roof stomp. Yes, that's the right answer. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, a roof stomp is an Air Force tradition where airmen welcome a new commander or uh, celebrate a special occasion by climbing up on the commander's roof and making noise while others are banging on the windows and doors. Now, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think I would enjoy that, but uh, that's uh, that that's that's one way to welcome the new commander. Right. OK, now here's your uh, second question. Who was the first secretary of the Air Force? Would it be a Rich Little? B, Stuart Little, C, Stuart Symington, or D, Simon and Garfunkel? Well, I know two of those are fictitious. Simon and Garfunkel and Stuart Little, uh, probably not. First one, uh, first one and the third one. I would say I do not know, but let's just guess C, just to guess. That's right. Stuart Symington. W, uh, w. Stuart Symington was the first secretary of the Air Force. Uh, He had previously served from uh, January 3rd, 1946 as Assistant Secretary of War for Air when the Army Air Force was part of the War Department. So here is your third and final question. 
Now, uh, this question is really special because, um, you know, you're in the business of manufacturing food products mm-hmm. and you were in the Air Force. So uh, we're going to flash back to nine, or sorry, not 19. We're going to flash back to 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that year, in the 259 dining facilities in the United States Air Force, how many meals were served? Would it be 2,093,000? Uh, 4,002 and 333 and a half meals? Uh, would it be enough to beat the number of McDonald's hamburgers sold in the U.S.? <laughs> or uh, C, would it be 51 million? Or D, more than the Army and Navy combined? Well, we do love to eat. We only have like two or three minutes to eat when we get to eat. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, guys. Uh, maybe A or B? No. C, 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 51 million. C, 51 million. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, So just think about 51 million meals. Just imagine if every one of those meals had mutt sauce. I was fixing to say it'd be so much better (laughs) if you put mutt sauce on it. That's right. Uh, So, Greg, uh, what has Charlinda won for playing our game today? Well, for playing our game today, you've won... Four VA industrial strength chip clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your snacks fresh. I've always wanted one. (laughs) Well, you get four. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. And that's courtesy of the Dayton VA. Thank you for leveling up my life, VA. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break here. uh, And when we come back, we'll talk some more with uh, Air Force veteran Charlinda Scales. My name is Corporal Bradley Joseph Seitz. Jerry Reed. Kate Weber. These are real veterans facing a real challenge. I have PTSD. And I have PTSD. I have PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. I was still in a war zone in my mind. But treatment can turn your life around. Treatment has really saved my life. To learn about PTSD and how treatment can help you, Call your local VA medical center or visit ptsd.va.gov. So, Charlinda, you have um, a very, very interesting story about uh, one of your ventures that you're, uh, that you're taking on. Um, we know you actually started a business selling mutt sauce, and I understand uh, that this special sauce is named after your grandfather, who was the creator of the sauce, correct? Correct. Okay. Tell us a little bit about him and uh, how he came about coming up with this this wonderful sauce. You know, how did he come about making it? Sure, thank you for asking. So the story about mutt sauce is about my grandfather. His name was Charlie Farrell Jr. Uh, he was a country boy from the hills of Tennessee. And he was passionate about two things. He was passionate about service and he was passionate about sauce. And his call sign when he was in the military was mutt. He had a very adaptive personality. He had friends all over the world. There basically wasn't a corner of the earth you could go that he didn't know somebody. Um, And he really wanted to take care of his family some kind of way, but he also had this thing about solving problems. And I think that's the entrepreneurs all want to do that, solve a problem. He thought you're wasteful Mm -hmm. with condiments, so he put his passion and time into creating one sauce that you could use for everything, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And I grew up eating this sauce in a mason jar. It was just in the fridge. And that's why it's called Mutt's Sauce, because it's his it's his brainchild. That's a great story. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he joined the Air Force, right? He did. He was in Korean, Vietnam as an aircraft technician in the Air Force. 
And uh, he uh, ended up going to Japan. He he spent a lot of time in Japan. In fact, my mother, most of her childhood was in Okinawa, where they were stationed. He had five children, uh, and him and his wife traveled all over with those five kids. But they spent a lot of time in Japan. That's where there was a photo that I think is on the webpage where he had a backyard barbecue, and all these guys are chowing down on some barbecue, and it was. He said it had mutt sauce on it. That's what always got the party started, was Charlie Farrell's cooking. And he's cooking with that sauce. Yeah, and that sauce that really uh, brought people together too, right? Yes. Didn't matter your background. Everybody has a shared love of food. Absolutely. So how did you come in position of the recipe, for those who don't know the story? Sure. Um, Well, I grew up, like I said, with my grandparents and uh, my mom, and growing up with them, you get a different perspective on life. And my childhood was spent walking through the Tennessee countryside, listening to his stories of the war. Now, this is before PTSD was a thing, so his therapy was a five-year-old walking through the countryside. And that's the only thing I could guess as the why behind it. Uh, when I had graduated from high school, I wanted to play sports, and I tore my ACL senior year. And it just so happens that I filled out a reserve officer training course scholarship to go to the Air Force ROTC. And that guarantees that you have a military career after you graduate from college. And I didn't know how it was going to affect him, but it, was, it made him so proud to know that there's going to be a fourth generation of ferals in the military. Uh, I also learned at that time that he had stage four cancer, lung cancer. So it was kind of a race against the clock. Is he even going to see me graduate? Uh, He did. He was the first person to salute me on active duty. He passed away less than a year later. And I learned eight years after he passed away that the one thing that his children had asked about that sauce recipe, he had left to me. And by this time, I was at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base on active duty in the military. And that's the start of the company, Mutt Sauce. I took, went to, you know, where everybody else goes for all the answers in the universe. I Googled it, uh, free help, uh, what to do. And the mentor that I got was from SCORE. Uh, score, score.org is a website, but SCORE is retired executives who just sit around and give you free advice. My mentor was about my grandfather's age and said, if I could put my thinking hat on the way that your grandfather was thinking. He gave this to his his kid who would do something. We don't know yet, but we're going to figure it out together. <laughs> so I started a company while I was on active duty. Okay. And with your logo that's on the bottle, mm-hmm. on the product, what what's behind that? Sure. There's loads of symbolism in okay. the logo for Matos. It is a trademarked uh brand. Mutt Sauce is now an American trademark. And the logo is his face. It was a picture of him that I saw. I was trying to figure out what to do with it. I wanted to name it Mutt Sauce after him, but I was really thinking about the representation. One, taking myself out of it, humbling myself to say, this wasn't mine. That's why it's Mutt Sauce. It's his sauce. So he's the face on the logo. He is a down-home country boy, so my favorite photo was one of him in coveralls. He was sitting on a front porch, so we just cropped him out of that 
porch picture with his red, white, and blue plaid shirt on <laughs> and uh, his, his little trucker hat. And around the logo, around his face, are rays. So it looks like there's lines, but it's actually rays to symbolize that he's not with us, but he's watching over us. And then just the rugged exterior, the rugged typography of Mutt Sauce is to really hit home that he's just a down-home mm-hmm. country boy. And as they say in the military, they have like this phrase called crusty like however crusty you are the level of crusty is your experience and he was the crustiest <laughs> of crusty so okay. that's why it's a rugged uh typography to the logo and that's that's how he came up with it and the young man who made the logo his name was Rashawn Saunders and he was a student at the time I believe and it was his first time he he got that logo he made it his first try. He asked me if I wanted to change anything. I said, absolutely nothing. You did it. Well, how did you become uh, the keeper of the recipe? I don't know. Actually, before me, my mother had it. Uh, She wasn't given it. She said when she was sitting in the hospital with him, when he was going through the hospice phase, he said, uh, give something to Tutti Frutti, what she called me, Tutti Frutti. And I called him daddy. And He said, give this to Tutti Frutti, and he pulled out his wallet. And she said, until that point, even my whole life, I never knew if the recipe was written down. It turns out he had it in his wallet, in his back pocket the entire time. He, He always had his wallet on him. And he pulled that piece of paper out of his wallet and said, give that to her. And she was so stunned by it. She didn't say anything for eight years. She waited until I said something. She said that was her sign. If she acts like she cares, then I will talk to her about it. And I was eating. I don't know what I was eating. I knew that it sucked. And <laughs> I was like, gosh, this is missing something. Because it, it didn't have mud sauce. Yeah, I was like, it needs something. And I was like, I hadn't had that sauce in eight years. So I called her. I said, what? is going on does my uncle Dwayne, who had gone to culinary school is like is he did he get the sauce recipe it makes sense you know he's a chef she said come home and i'll talk to you about it and so she didn't answer the question so i knew something was up and when i saw her she handed me the envelope she said this is what he asked me to do i just didn't know how to talk to anybody about it that's why it's taken eight years wow what an incredible gift uh you know and it's not just is this a special gift to you uh, but you also uh tell how you know it, this was the hit of parties and that it really helped down to uh, break social and cultural barriers uh amongst people um do you see that continuing to be a tradition yes I I really, at this point, as an entrepreneur and as a person, I think that everything that we go through in life is connected. One experience is either preparing you for the next thing. uh, And what I'm charged to do with is to enjoy the journey and to learn as much as possible and never get complacent with the learning process. So that service thread, the way that he served others and brought them together in a time, you know, look at that time period, togetherness was not exactly happening in America, especially with his background. So he found a way, like he found a way to connect people. And I, when I sell now, I said, we don't sell much sauce. We sell family togetherness. That is what we sell. That is the business of much sauce. And... Each time people would share 
something about mutt sauce. It was rarely about the flavor or how it tasted. It was an experience that they had. Uh, one that always sticks out to me was um, my college roommate who was dating after college, and she's uh, Eritrean, which is a country off of Ethiopia. And she said, I got this mutt sauce from you, this bottle of mutt sauce. I have potential in-laws, because she was dating, uh, are coming to try a traditional Ethiopian uh, Eritrean meal. And it is usually tomato paste with a spice in their culture called berberet. She said, I don't have tomato paste. I'm going to use mutt sauce. If this does not go well, I am blaming you. If this does not go well, I am blaming you. If this goes right, I'm taking all the credit. <laughs> and, yeah. So it's stuff like that where she calls and says, they think I'm the best cook in the world. They couldn't figure out what's different about this meal, but it is darn good. And, uh, <laughs> and then we get her a wedding invite. She invited the team to her wedding. And we had custom mutt sauce bottles made in the colors of Eritrea with berberet in it, already mixed in. The, the manufacturer put berberet in it. And to be able to give her that experience, replicate that by thousands of people. That's what mutt sauce has done. Oh, that's a terrific, terrific tradition. Um yeah, you know, you grant you talked about your grandfather being in the Air Force, and that you also are the, like the fourth generation of military uh, yes. serving. Uh, who are some of the other people in your family? We've served in every single branch except for the Coast Guard, and I guess now is the Space Force. Yeah, uh, we got <laughs> got to include that one. Yeah, fill yeah. those slots now. Um, <laughs> but we also I have a couple of my uncles. Uh, were in the Navy and the Army, and then have Marine Corps cousins that have been in the Marine Corps, and then I was the only other Air Force person. So it's like the, the family business. Uh, was that a big part of what uh, guided you to the military? When it happened, I was just trying to make sure that I just didn't disappoint my mother by not going to college. You know, we, we were in a family household dynamic that was 18 and out. Like, we don't care what you do. You just got to get out of here when you turn 18. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Work anywhere. Uh, but the military tradition I knew was important. In my generation, my cousin DeWine went to the Marine Corps and he had he was on active duty and he got hurt at some cold weather training. They put him on a pair of skis. He's a country boy. He did not know what he was doing. Hit his head on a rock. <laughs> had a seizure. And Ouch. Yeah, so he got medically DQ'd. And I thought for my generation, my grandfather had a very traditional mentality of do 20 years is service, not just go in. I think mm. if you serve for a day, if you raise your right hand, that counts. He was like, oh, well, who's next? Because knucklehead bumped his head. <laughs> and I was like, he did a great job. I'm over there. You did a good job. You did a darn good job. Thank you for your service. And even today, I was like, once a Marine, always a Marine. So at that point, when he came, my grandpa came back and was like, who's next? Was the time that I saw this application for ROTC. And the timing of it just lined up to where, all right. Well, I guess, uh, I guess I'll do it. I would say you still had a firm hand in uh, guiding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, being a woman and an officer in the military. You know, has has that helped you uh, in the success you are today? Being in the military and and then going into entrepreneurship, I feel like you have so many um, advantages and experience uh, that probably veterans don't even realize how well they have it as compared to if they would have started out without the military experience. It was the military was not easy. I am grateful for those the roller coaster of responsibility. You go in, you have the uniform on, and they tell you that you're an officer and you might be in charge of people day one. You might have a big team from the first day and all the people who work with you are going to be older than you. When I went in, I was, what, 20, 22, 23. And uh, being acquisitions, I didn't understand really that career field. It wasn't something that you would normally see, like pilots and maintainers. It was fairly new still, uh, but still the same level of responsibility. You might be in a corporate office doing contracts and things like that, but that pilot can't fly his plane with old equipment. You have to find the capability gaps and fill them and put together the best team to deliver it quickly, as quick as possible. There was also delayed gratification. You might not even see the fruits of your labor for years. You might even be retired before that thing that you put in place manifests. The dynamic of being a woman, uh, you have to overcome because it's not like we've reached true equality. Uh, so, yes, it, it was something where you had to overcome any stereotypes that you might walk into a room as a 20-year-old black female newbie and say, I'm going to let my work speak for itself and you're going to respect me highly because I'm going to show you not only can I do the job, but I can do a darn good job. Yeah. Now, would you recommend military service to a young person today? Absolutely. I, I, it taught me a lot. I know that there were a lot of things to being in the military that will become a challenge. I'm a 70% disabled veteran because of the experiences that I had on active duty. Uh, so knowing that I'm transparent about what I tell them, what they're walking into. This is not something where you can coast for 20 years and not experience some things uh, that will change you. Uh, there are people who've lost their lives in service. Um, we have our POWs. So just because it's it's 2022 does not mean these things still can't happen. But the rewards, the intangible things of serving your country, of learning about your strengths and weaknesses, of learning of just how much stuff you can overcome. And the fact that they're not saying you're a girl, you can't. You're, you know, you, you're from Tennessee, you can't. The things that society will tell you are barriers. The military is like, we don't care. There's a mission to do. You have the uniform on. You're capable. And um, when you start a business, you put that military hat on. When other entrepreneurs see a wall and you see nothing but doors, there's so many ways to get this mission done. There's, you can find a way. Okay. Well, you, you took the next question I was going to ask you regarding how your experience, your military experience has helped you for us today. 
Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back with more of your story. When I retired from the Air Force, I received my medical benefits for life through TRICARE. I didn't know I was also eligible for care through the VA, some of which I pay no copay for or an annual premium. Now I have options I didn't know I had before because of the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 2159 to enroll or visit dayton.va.gov. And we're back with Air Force veteran Charlinda Scales. Charlinda, if you would please tell our listeners about your experience with the Dayton VA. I, I love going to the VA. I go to the Women's Health Clinic. That's where I'm signed up to go. And uh, you don't realize what help you need till you get in there. And they start telling you what's available, the services that are available as a service-disabled veteran, um, making sure that they're not just taking care of you physically, but mentally, because that's, that's something that we deal with that sometimes goes overlooked, is the mental strain from service, the mental effects, the mental health effects from being in service. And I, I lived in denial for a long time before they just sat down and said, we're here to help you. We're here to help maintaining your life from now on easier than before you met us. Yeah, you know, and that's something we've heard from other uh, uh, interviews. Uh, people say that, yeah, I didn't know that I needed the care. They actually told me what care I needed, just, you know, going to talk to the primary care physician. And they're saying, well, I hear you saying this. Do you know we have this service available? And uh, so many, so many veterans come back and say, "I, I, I didn't know what terrific care I was going to get out there." It's more, it's more um, comprehensive than they've ever experienced anywhere else. Uh, so, if you could tell us uh, what your best experience been with the VA, where, where did you find um, that the VA had excelled? Well, I, I think they really did excel at like the whole person concept. You know, sometimes you go in there for a specific thing and the doctor just treats you for the specific thing and doesn't ask about other things. And I will say, I'm very transparent, my grandfather had cancer like all over his body. Um, he also had colon cancer and there was never a discussion of, does this run in your family? Is this a hereditary thing? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Nobody really talks about it. This is the only data point that I have. And they said, well, we want to make sure that you're not at risk. And even though you're in the normal world, you wouldn't get screened until your 50s or something. We've been watching the trends in veterans your age, and there's an increase in the number of sightings of colon cancer. And so we're going to go ahead and give you a full scope, make sure as a preventative measure that you're okay now. We'd rather see that you're okay now and no markers or no indications that this that something is happening than you to be uh, 48 and we're sitting down talking to you about how you're stage three, stage four, and we never caught it. So right. they, they, they said, we're going to do preventative measures for you. And I'm so glad to have that because now I can have the peace of mind. Like they didn't find anything. I don't have to be worried that I'm going to get a, a random incident that's going to reveal 
something horrible because I'm a, I'm a new mom now. So you, longevity is, is everything. <laughs> From what I understand also, uh, when you are seeing your primary care a doctor, it's more of a collaboration between you and your provider as well. Yes. Uh, and they also have liaisons. I guess uh, they're, uh, they're on the staff to talk to you about conversation that you might not have with your doctor up front, but you can talk to them and they can help you work out whether it's something you want to go forward with officially or maybe you just need to talk it out. Stuff like that. If I can ask if one more question, and that was, were you hesitant at first? I think that it's like the stigma of being a disabled veteran. Many of them will shy away from. There's some people who probably would be 100% service disabled, even as a 30-something-year-old, but they don't want the stigma of being a disabled, a young disabled vet. And you need that help. I look at my grandfather, he was just walking around, just talking and talking. And I'm five, so I don't understand a lot of it. But as an adult, I'm like, that was loads of trauma that he was trying to unload off of his mind and his heart. And if if there wasn't me, then how would he have dealt with it? I mean, I have seen him. He had incidences of what we just call self-destruction because he, he didn't know how to deal with all the feelings. But yes, it's it's. I think that there's this the stigma that there's something wrong with being a service disabled vet. I accept it because it makes dealing with every day better. I feel like I'm a better entrepreneur, professional, um, better mom, um, that I can talk about it instead of just compartmentalizing it, which is we're pros at stick it in a box and pretend it doesn't exist. And but that box is going to pop open at a time that's very inconvenient, very public, you know, just you want to feel like you're in control of the narrative versus at the mercy of, of when it. Sure. Absolutely. You know, you had uh, been talking about how your grandfather uh, was uh, cared for by the VA. Do you see uh, the change from your grandfather's era and the service that he had gotten with the VA to today? Oh, absolutely. I, I would almost say that he had barely anything in terms of the preventative care that we get now with the VA. His was just kind of the after effect treatment. We're just going to try to make things as comfortable as possible. There's not a whole lot we can do at this point. Um, but I know that if he would have been in this era, there would have been preventative things. There would have been PTSD programs. There would have been the preventative screening for colon cancer. There would have been uh, the counselors, the, there's the retreats, the nutrition, all, all of these things that we have now uh, probably would have changed his outcome. I would just guess it would change his outcome. So if you were going to tell another vet uh, why they should uh, come to the Dayton VA for their health care, uh, what would you tell them? You deserve it. Get the care because you deserve the care. When you give to your country, your country should give back to you. And the VA is part of the giving back to give you top-notch uh, quality health care. And you don't have to think about the bill. You don't have to think about the stigma because everybody in there is like going to church. You're all going because you all need help, not because you're perfect. 
So that's the same mentality. Go to the VA because you need it, not because you're perfect. And so um, that's you, you, it's your right to health care. Fantastic answer. Uh, and, and we really appreciate that, uh, that message to veterans because not everybody understands as you do that yes it's it's their va uh they should they should take advantage of it uh we've been talking with air force veteran charlinda scales you know your story is a unique one uh and we have really loved hearing it today uh especially about your uh, relationship with your grandfather uh, his special gift that he shared to you with this sauce recipe and how you continue to share it with the world in hopes that the laughter food and friendship associated with this special sauce uh, continues to be uh, a successful uh, means of breaking down cultural barriers. Uh, thanks again for sharing your time with us today and telling us your story, Sherlinda. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Greg. It's not always easy being a woman, especially when I was serving in the military. There were challenges that were not always addressed while on active duty, but I don't feel that when I go to the Dayton VA. They understand. They are there to help with a woman's special needs. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet, and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511, extension 5336 to enroll, or visit www.dayton.va. Do you have an extra tire you want to get rid of? Who can you turn to? Well, the Dayton VA Medical Centers offer easy-to-follow weight management plans backed by the latest science. Their experts can help you reduce health risks, prevent or reverse some diseases, and live a better and even stronger, healthier life. MOVE is a weight management program designed to help you live a longer, healthier life. With the help of your MOVE care team, you can eat a healthier diet, get more exercise, reduce your health risks, and improve your quality of life. The MOVE program offers weight loss support groups to help you lose weight and keep it off, healthy eating tips and cooking classes, and behavioral change strategies to help you live a healthier lifestyle. Do you think it can't be done? Are you someone who must see the evidence? Then check out our stories from others who have been a part of the MOVE program. Learn how MOVE helped them by visiting www.move.va.gov slash move slash success stories. Some success stories are simply amazing. All are motivating and testament to the strength of your fellow veterans. The program is available at the Dayton VA Medical Center or virtually through their app. Check it out at www.dayton.va.gov or call 937 937- 268-6511 and ask to speak to a MOVE program coordinator. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our enrollment and eligibility office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. 
Again, that number is 937-268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today. Or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lees with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton.